This episode is brought to you by One Condoms and Measure a Penis Day. February 1st is Measure a Penis Day, but we celebrate all year long. For more info and to get your measure kit, head to myonecondoms.com slash measure day now. Hey guys, Future Steve here at the editing table. You'll probably notice a little dip in sound quality this episode, and that's because we weren't in our normal studio, but actually recording on location for reasons you'll learn in a minute. So expect to hear a good bit of extra noise in the background. I'm doing my best to clean it all up for you, and it's a really fun conversation. So I'm sure you're still going to have a lot of fun listening to it. Thanks. Back to the podcast. Sex Ed Speakeasy is not for children. No speakeasies are for children, especially this speakeasy. We will be using very adult language. Very, very, very Very. adult language. is Aperitifs with Aaron, and we are joined by the fabulous Aaron Lady. Aaron, it's been a while. Did you um, forget we existed for a little bit in our hiatus? I, I miss you immensely. I mean, <laughs> it's been a while. I, mean, I guess the audience doesn't know this. It, it's been a while for Aperitifs, but we just haven't hung out recently. It's been so, God, I've been so busy. You've got big stuff going on. Is it stuff you can talk about yet, or is it still on the I, deal? Oh, no, no, we absolutely can. So the, the, the brewery is full on. So we were, as I think I've hinted at this, we, we were planning up a new brewery in the next two years. Um, that has sped up a little bit. Our brewery <laughs> will open in three weeks. What? Three It'll weeks? It'll be a soft opening. Soft opening in three weeks. Um, we'll have our, our, our grand opening sometime in April. That's amazing. So what's the official date of the soft open? What's the first day you open the doors? Oh, I don't even know yet. We... We take over ownership on the 14th of March. Okay. We're okay. hoping to do a one-week turnaround as far as, as making the changes we want to the tap room and things like that. We've that's already been exciting. brewing. We do, we, we do our third brew tomorrow, so I was that's why we're meeting so late now. Uh, we brewed. Uh, we did a pilot batch tonight and cleaned all the – you know, it, you, you think you know, it would be fun to, to own a brewery, and I'll tell you what, so far – it's fun, but it's you do about 1% brewing, 1% the other stuff, and then 98% cleaning. Yes, a lot I don't of. Know if you know this. <laughs> I mean, you know how you make alcohol? You, you, take, you take sugar water, you put yeast in it, and you hope it turns into alcohol. Sounds but you messy. know what else like sugar water? Ants. Everything. <laughs> That's how you get ants. Do you Cat. want ants? ants? That's how you get ants. Bacteria, small children. So you just, I mean, it's, it's so That's much amazing. to make sure that you, have, that you have a quality product. It sounds yeah, like no, a trap in the Wonka well. factory. Right? <laughs> right. You know, you know what it is? My mom was like, yeah, yeah, you should open a brewery. That'll be fun. Oh, geez, that fucker to clean. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it is. We, your parents are like, on board. They're excited. Oh, they're stoked about it. That's yeah, everyone's cool. stoked about it. It's going to be pretty cool. Yes, yeah, so we'll be opening here in Springfield. Yes. Historically Hoppy Brewing. That's the name of it? Yep, historically hoppy. That's her name. What happened, what happened, what happened, what happened to 30 year? Right, right. So we wanted to do 30 year brewing, and everyone everyone talked us out of it because they said it sounded pretentious. That's and that wasn't the point. Go ahead. I disagree. I think that's oh, yeah. bullshit. I loved the name 30 year brewing, and I loved we why did. you were naming it that. We all loved 30 year brewing. I mean, obviously, as you know, it was the opposite of that. Yes. But I will tell you, every time I explained it to someone who was like sitting in a bar, they're like, 
Oh, okay. Oh, so it just didn't yeah. mark. It didn't field test well. It, it, it did not. It did not field test well at all. So do you guys so, have a, do you guys have a logo yet? Because I happen to know somebody who does that. We do have a logo. Okay. We have, we have, we have, we have, sorry, no, I appreciate it. We have t-shirts coming in in three days. We have. Thanks for the offer on a t-shirt, you jackass. Well, we don't have them in yet. You didn't even consider offering. I'm, um, just, I'm just teasing you because you're not here. You can't see my face. As, as long as you are somewhere face. between extra small and 2X, you got you covered, dog. I am. I am between those somewhere. So what's the name again? Historically. Historically Hoppy. I like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, so it's funny that that's the name of the, the first beer that we ever perfected. They were like, this is going to be a beer that we have to serve in the brewery. The name of that beer was historically hoppy because so Ryan and I, you know, my business partner and, and brewing partner, we, we love hoppy beers. Now the, the brewery itself is going to have the whole gamut, of course, because it's not, we're not, we're not brewing for us anymore. But our, our IPA was called historically hoppy. And it's, it, it's perfect because, you know, we're here in Springfield, the oldest neighborhood in Jacksonville. And it's a brewery, and it's just it's fun. We we really like it. Now I heard that IPAs are two thousand and eight, and you're two thousand and late. Is that, that true, is, that or is, is that a misconception? <laughs> that's that's it's it's. I mean, I wouldn't call it a misconception as much as a a boom boom pow. Okay, so the the boom was IPAs. The second boom was society's like short flirtation with <laughs> wit beers, and the pow is the return of the IPAs. Steve, <laughs> stop trying so hard, buddy. I'm just trying to figure it out. I don't know beer. <laughs> That's such a, I don't if know I'm beer not, is such a good segue. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so let's segue away from beer and talk about, so, so I want to make it clear. Usually I pick the drink. Mm, yes. Um, I did not pick this drink. You had a chance. We, we got together and we talked about it and we were like, yes, this is the perfect drink. Yes. But my drinks are classy AF. Yeah, this is not a classy drink. So to be fair, <laughs> we, we did loop in some help. Um, we were having a hard time. So the episode is um, on the history of condoms. We have a, an amazing sponsor. The folks at One Condoms have sponsored this drink. They just got, they were just awarded the very first FDA approval for uh, their condom for anal sex. For anal sex? Yes, they just got the very first FDA approval for the use of a condom in anal sex. I just use an old Snickers wrapper. Is that not? I mean, not it's between you and Natalie, I'm not your mom. That was. But, a, but uh, now your worries are over. By the way, what did you say? I said that was an Archer reference. Is what I said. Oh, an old but, Snicker uh, wrapper. I didn't. I. That's I, weird that I didn't get it. I'm usually on it with the Archer. So, sometimes I like to treat myself. I like it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, go back and check it out. Yeah. That's funny. So, well, that's that's is the. I, I guess I would ask you: is a, is a condom for anal sex different than a regular condom? It, well, so the difference is that a condom, to get an FDA approval, a condom has to have a less than 5% fail rate. And because of the extra like friction and lack of natural body lubrication with anal sex, mm -hmm. condoms when laboratory tested with anal sex don't meet the 5%, like they just have a slightly more of a fail rate. And that doesn't okay. mean they're not safe and people should still be using them. They should have been using them. It doesn't mean that. It just means that they weren't meeting the very stringent threshold to get the FDA approval. Well, one condoms has made a condom that meets that threshold. Fascinating. It is. Hey, guys. So, hey, guys. What? Yes. Hey, guys. Yeah. 
Do you how guys does, want to talk about that later? How does somebody become the laboratory anus for testing? <laughs> I um, I'll tell you what, Angel, back me up on this. Get get a get a master's degree, and you'll meet a lot of laboratory anuses. That is a Hey-o. fact. What? Look at you preaching, <laughs> taking us to church, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I don't know if our sponsor would like that we picked a drink named the Busted Rubber because theirs is not that. <laughs> theirs is the oh, opposite. You can't get FDA approved if it is. <laughs> you cannot. So this is uh, this is a little tongue in cheek. Uh, oh, I was going to say we 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 were having a hard time finding the right drink for this. Um, so we looped in some help and my girlfriend, Lexi helped us find this drink. And so it was a group effort. And then we all, um, Lexi sent a few drinks over that she suggested. And this was the one we picked as a group. It takes a village to break a rubber. (laughs) um, You don't often see a a classy mixed drink that is all three uh, ingredients are cordials. Yeah, this is, this looks like a stomach ache. I haven't poured it yet, but I'm like, whoo. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, I I would drink the hell out of this drink, but but what is what is your paste liqueur? Is it the Grand Marnier or the is it the triple sec, the raspberry liqueur, or the Bailey's Irish cream? I have so we don't have it's not so we we got we have the Grand Marnier, not triple sec. We have Chambord, not just okay. fake raspberry liqueur. But, oh my goodness! But then Steve got cheap on the Bailey's, and it's not Bailey's. <laughs> it's it's Michael's. Celtic Irish cream. I've never heard of this before. He found it in a dumpster. Like this. I was is, say, is that like the Aldi brand? I yeah. think it is the Aldi brand. Of, you can get it. All, Aldi sells Irish cream in their wine. Well, like, I aisle. think this might be it. <laughs> so it was like a quarter so of you, the you price. Go with the, the highest of Catch the me. high. And then the your, lowest. I mean, two cordials and the lowest of the. So, so this this is my, this is my out of the bottle. <laughs> this is my this is my Walmart lemons of this episode. Your Walmart lemons. <laughs> it's, it's a shame that we, that we. I mean, we're only about what six, seven episodes in, and now we've completely burned a sponsor for the rest of the existence. I know. God bless it. My sorry, Michael's Irish cream. <laughs> But one condoms, they're here to stay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is solid. All right. So teach us how to make a busted rubber, Aaron. <laughs> so how are you going to lay Sorry, these? I are you... thought the, the sentence was funny. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to let that one slide. Okay. <laughs> For the record, I, just, I, I feel I want to tell your audience that I am just drenched in pussy right now. You have kitties. <laughs> so we've told you we have a porch cat that has moved into the house. I've we met your porch cat. Now. Oh, yeah, Binks. Yes, Binks, Binks is, is so cute. Binks is, is, is a, like a 12-pound cat that has taken over the entire bed. I'm about to end up on the floor here. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Sorry. That's great. So how, how are you going to layer this? You got you got the back of the spoon. You got a... Oh, um... See if we can meet the spoon, the bendy spoon. I mean, we have glasses that have skeleton hands holding them. Will you give me a bendy spoon? Let me go find the bendy spoon. <laughs> That's funny. I forgot about the bendy spoon. I have the the little jigger and pony thing, but I, I forgot the so bendy I've, spoon. I've always known this is a shot. This is a drink, though. I've known it as a shot, too. I thought it's very similar to like a blowjob shot. Right. Which I thought we were maybe headed for, but this had a condo, a real specific kind of thing. Okay, I've got a bended spoon. So I've always known that you start by layering the raspberry liqueur. So put in the raspberry liqueur. How much? 
About a third. About a third. All right. Oh, I didn't open the bottle yet. Yeah, these are all again. Again, forgive me if if you guys are are more high end than I am, and you you drink this out of a, a rocks glass, where I've been drinking out of something that has you know Cancun written on the side. Well, it does need to be out of like I got a BJ at Dick's, like one of those. Right. Right. Exactly. One tequila, two tequila, three tequila, floor. One of those glasses. Okay. okay. Trying to decide how much to do. I could totally go for one of these right now. You should come over. I'll make you a drink. I'm waking up in five hours to brew. That sounds like fun. We are um, going to be kind of in your neck of the woods tomorrow. We have, um, well, I guess, sort of closer to your house than we are now. Uh, Lexi's birthday party is tomorrow. Okay. The raspberry well, liqueur. If you want to, mm-hmm. I would say if you want to spring by the brewery, I will be there all morning and most of the afternoon brewing. So. All right. Well, if I'm in the area. Right on Main right Street. Now. Oh, I know right where right. it is. Do you know how cool I've so been you, since I started telling people that my cousin is taking over where Main and Six was? Like, I have become more of a celebrity than being Professor, professor Sex ever made me. <laughs> so, just seeing, so I, I mean, feel very e- cool. Everyone is 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 mortified that Main and Six is closing. We're all bummed. But I I've drank there every day for the last you know two months and morning. Say you're an um, alcoholic. And before that, without it was, saying you're an alcoholic. <laughs> right before that, it was every day, not in the morning. Right, it's Main and Six. I mean, well, you know, Man in Six won the best brewery for their size in the entire nation in the past year. I the entire did nation. know that. I did. Which I did. is a surefire way to go out of business. That's weird. It's weird that they that happened. also well, they also won best brewer in the entire nation for their size too. Yeah, so, it's it's a shame. They're amazing brewery, amazing people. So can we do Sex at Speakeasy out of the brewery and just have the drink be different beers? I mean, that would make it easier on me. I can talk beer for days. But the thing is, like, we're going to have to give you the topics in advance, and then you're going to have to, like, canonically name your beers after, like, our rando sex topics. That's going to be great. Just just, just, <laughs> just for, like, just give the beer a temporary name. Perfect. Yes, <laughs> just just for the right. episode. Okay, I'm going to have nice to float. A couple comes in. <laughs> this is, what's this beer? This is ATM beer? I'm going to oh. have to float this without the spoon because <laughs> the spoon doesn't fit in the glass. Aaron, so, you nasty. So I'm going to see if I can get it to just float by pouring gently. Uh, so I, I'm doing orange liqueur on top of raspberry, right? Uh, actually, most of the I know call for you to pour the um, the Bailey second. Are you going to try and pour that shot back into the bottle? Can you get me something to pour it into? Just do mine the wrong way. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it doesn't have to be... It's, if I'm not mistaken, this is not a video podcast. No, but I wanted to do it right. You know, authenticity. <laughs> so, sure, so sure. what's what's a a cordial? So, I mean, I am not classically trained in in French. Okay, so just give me the jazz version. I always thought a cordial was a was a a, a low ABV highly flavored alcohol that you would use as a mixer. Not as a mixer, that's not the right term. As you know a, I mean? as like, like a, a garnish kind yeah, of. Yeah, like a flavor enhancer, exactly. Just not the base spirit, but just a... Uh, yeah, like a, sh- a schnapp. An enhancement. I would say uh, schnapps. And I, I would use schnapps. Now people are going to get mad at me here too, you know. And and cordials almost as, as synonyms. I wish... People would write us angry letters. It would mean they're listening to the show. Is <laughs> is Grand Marnier orange schnapps? No, it's not a schnapps. What's a schnapps? I don't know, but I know this isn't it. 
Okay, I did it. It's I, not really floaty. It looks disgusting. I'm so yeah, excited. Yeah, I, I have to tell you, this looks like um, bar bar toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't float. Hold on, we'll take a it picture of it. Be three like delineated layers, kind of like looking at a Krabby Patty. Does it look like a Krabby Patty in a it, glass? It does not. It looks like if somebody ate a Krabby Patty and then then regurgitated it into the glass. What you could do is you could take a one condom and use them to delineate between the layers because if I'm not mistaken, fluids will not mix. Yes, the fluids will not mix. So I could mix, use yeah. the condom to create the separations and layers and that would So be I mean, if we're being honest here, the the shot you're seeing is what you would actually see if you had a busted rubber. That's true. They should really it's a misnomer is what it is. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, I, okay, I, I will I will say that. It 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 uh. hmm. <laughs> he looks very upset. I should take a picture of his face. <laughs> <laughs> very, you, we he just heard him. I, I hope if that sigh makes it into uh <laughs> it, it will the podcast, everyone knows what his face looks what like. What his face it, looks like. It 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 kind of looks like someone didn't <laughs> <laughs> You can't keep that in the show. The sponsor will drop us. <laughs> you have to take that out. <laughs> the first ever FDA approved condom for anal sex. <laughs> you really, 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 really. You're just going to have to give them all the money back. All right. So here's what we're going to do. <sighs> we're all going to stop laughing. And we're going to take this in a different direction. Oh, God bless America. You remember when you would go with your, your friends and family to Golden Corral and you would mix everything together in one glass and drink it? Sure. Like the Salisbury steak? No, I just never been gold, I've never been a Golden Corral. You've never been a Golden... And, yeah, you would You would have three different three different sodas. And you would mix them all. steak sauce and melted ice cream, and they would put it in a glass, and yes. then they'd pay you a dollar to drink it, and you would drink it, and you yes. know what never happened? They yeah. never gave you your damn dollar. That's true, you never so, got a dollar. Here's the difference, though. Okay. Bailey's Irish Cream, yeah. raspberry and orange liqueur. Yeah. Are gonna taste freaking delicious. It is together. gonna taste as weird as it looks. I feel like it's gonna taste very yummy. I'm very excited about the potential flavor. Mine does not look as gross as Steve's. That's because I did Steve's wrong, and so there is a reason to float the Bailey's on top. Yeah, Aaron. Steve's <laughs> looks like a pull. Pull your phone away <laughs> oh from your God. face. Yeah, it does. Oh, oh, you did look at it. It looks like a doesn't it? Oh, did you send me this? <laughs> yes. oh. This is what I'm, this is what's in my face right now. Can't you just let me it stir came through my watch? <laughs> my watch is on the for bed, and I look, and it's it's and that. There's, there's just it, what I'm assuming is in a glass. I mean, we've already lost the sponsor. We're keeping all this. No, we're not. You have to take all this. Out. Okay, so let's start. So, okay, I don't know what the cut is going to be. If it's a real awkward cut, it's because we just said a bunch of stuff we had to delete, and so I'm going to give. I'm Steve just going to beep out all the words bleep, that bleep, the sponsor bleep, bleep, won't like. It looks like a bleep bleep. <laughs> oh, I feel like in one fell swoop, I lost all credibility as far as. You you didn't you didn't pick the drink. The internet well, picked the so, drink. It's a good drink. I'm excited. Okay, I'm gonna taste it. I'm I'm gonna take a drink. I'm I'm doing it. Okay. Whoo! It kicks a little, but what kicks? It's I, two I, cordials and a cream. We got the shittiest Irish cream that money can buy, <laughs> and it tastes Frank. like Irish cream lighter fluid. 
<laughs> but, <laughs> but but otherwise it's very tasty. It's, like the, it smells like break dust. <laughs> <laughs> it does smell like break dust. <laughs> It's the I, I don't nice think golden sheen on the glass. Yeah, I really don't think Steve did us any favors saving all that money on the gross Irish cream. <laughs> oh my god, I wish you could see his face. <laughs> it's such a bummer. It actually tastes video. like one of those Queen uh, Queen Anne cherry cordials. It's not bad. Like yeah. it's very tasty. It just had a little burn because the Irish like the Irish cream is so cheap. But like it's it, very tasty. Did the, the cream start curdling, or did you drink it fast enough? Yeah, it, no, it did. <laughs> oh, is that what happens? Yeah, but if you do it, it just right back up. Yep. You have to take that out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, we I'm sorry. We need to do Irish car bombs soon. Do Irish what? Irish car bombs? Car bombs. Okay. We could I, do. Just, I love them so much. Okay, we'll come up with... I'll, I'll have to think of a topic for them. We, I can feel the a, thickness of the Irish cream in the thinness of the other things, and it feels bad. <laughs> the only time I ever feel thickness in thinness is when I'm with my wife. Hey, baby, can you... <laughs> no, she can't hear me. There's no chance of... Did you Cut that say, part out, did, did, did you just say Natalie has the... Th he said one of them did. <laughs> well, I'm assuming he's the. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get it. I, I've changed my mind on that comment. Can we please cut all of that? We, we've been talking about six hours. You've got about 30 seconds of usable footage. Of usable footage. I know. So we're making a drink and end of episode. Right. Okay. So well, that's it. That was the drink. So, it's um, so I know that, uh, what used to be main at six that you guys are just lots of and i was wondering when that's going to be available on the streets oh sure i think aaron's sure. gonna shit his pants if you don't if you can trash one person's name oh jesus if you're if you're drinking along at home it is okay if you if you just pour yourself a smear off ice for the evening <laughs> yeah well we're actually going to record the main episode on sunday we're doing a little time travel um, but nice. this was the best time to be able to get with you. Does this mean I have to do mind. this again on, on Sunday? No one will know. We just have to drink something on Sunday. I'll make us something And better. then we got to do the one with the drink that I picked. We'll put this in our coffee on Sunday. All right. Okay? Irish right. cream and coffee. That'll be great. All right. Well, on that note, I am yes. going to go to bed because I'm seriously waking up in five hours to brew for seven. It, it, a brew session lasts anywhere from seven to nine hours. So. I'm very proud of you. And... I'm very excited, and anything we can do to help or be part of it in any way with you, we are in. Okay. It's gonna it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be work, but it's gonna be fun. I mean, everyone always says, "Hey, wouldn't it be fun to own a bar?" Well, we took it a step further because you know, I, I mean, I, I love to brew. Sounds so like always sunny. We've always said it. Let's let's have a blast and see what happens. I'm very excited. So we're gonna do figure it out. We'll do sex ed speakeasy in the bar. Okay. It would be. I think it'd be really fun as a standing live event. Sure. Yeah, no, I think that'd be a lot of fun too. Okay. Cool. And and then I mean if we're in my brewery, then I can I can throw back a couple of beers. Exactly. It'll be a lot of fun. And and doing it live with you would be a lot of fun. As opposed yeah, to over the phone. So. so all right. Thank you. Cool. Go have a good night and we will check in. And again, we're just overwhelmed with joy for you. Congratulations on everything, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're looking forward to to spending time with you. All right. Love you. All right, love you too, guys. Bye. Bye. This is Sex Ed Speakeasy, the show where we take deep dives into the history of sex and even deeper dives into our drinks. I'm Angel Russell, 
certified sex educator. And I'm Steve Russell. I'm about to get stabbed, what, hundreds of thousands of times? Millions if we can. Millions of times, hopefully. <laughs> so we are um, doing a special episode. We are, Steve is getting tattooed and we are joined by our dear friend and artist, Omar Safi. Is it Safi or Safi? Safi, Safi. Safi. Yeah, really. I'm going to change it someday. <laughs> change, change it? Yeah. it? All right. But for I now. I change something cool. Yeah. I think Safi's cool. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. But uh, so Omar's with us. Omar's ahead of the group. <laughs> Hello. And uh, so we are actually not drinking in this episode. We did record aperitifs with Aaron, but we will not be imbibing during the recording of the larger part of the episode because we are at the tattoo uh, facility and um, I tattoos and, and drinking don't really mix. So uh, this is one of those times where... Or they do sometimes. Sometimes, <laughs> right? <laughs> this time we're going we're gonna to hold off. But uh, we will hold aperitifs with Aaron for um, the end of the episode. And it will be a fun little bonus. So stay tuned at the end of the episode to cap this episode off with what was a shot anyway. And so probably would have just knocked us on our asses if we tried to drink it while we were doing this. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It was a shot of water. I I feel like I could probably use it though because um, Omar's uh, uh, freehand drawing, um, a very intricate looking dragonfly, 90% 90% just in the ditch of my elbow. Yeah. And uh, so uh, about an hour ago. He's going to mess that up when we leave here. <laughs> I promised that I wouldn't do that, but unfortunately this is the way it worked out. About an hour ago, I, I soaked my uh, my arm in uh, penis desensitizing spray. So we'll see how that works out. <laughs> the life of a sex educator's husband. Incidentally, I'm not even the one who suggested the dick spray. It was uh, Omar who suggested the dick spray. So we were mm-hmm. using uh, a, a different tattoo numbing product and I personally just, it wasn't responding well for me and because uh, I have my back issues. And so Omar said, let's try the dick spray. And uh, so so Steve is doing, he's got dick spray in his arm and he's about to get stabbed. And, and incidentally, it's got nine and 9.2%, 4.2 over the legal limit. I don't know how they got that passed, but. Of lidocaine. <laughs> of lidocaine. Yeah. Yes. And before we say dick spray any more times, let me introduce our sponsor for this episode. We are being sponsored by the fabulous folks at One Condoms. Hey. Hello. Thank you guys so much. This episode is brought to you by One Condoms. February was National Condom Month, but we celebrate condoms all year round in these parts. And uh, so we'll bring you some more information about our sponsors midway through the show. Uh, in honor of our sponsors, we are talking about the history of condoms. Are they the ones that did the honeycomb uh condoms no no so the honeycomb shaped condom made by a certain brand the whole point of it is that you can't tell if it breaks that's not the point of it is that it doesn't make a big pop when it breaks it doesn't fall apart and disintegrate when it breaks it's supposed to be like increased integrity but you need to be able to tell when your condom has broken when your condom is broken that's how you know you need to stop get a new condom get a plan b whatever it is you need to know to do secondary precautions and if you don't know your condom has broken yeah i watched a sex educator strain orange juice through one she poked something in the neighborhood of 40 holes in one with a pin and then strained orange juice through it yeah so that shouldn't happen so no that's not this brand this brand one condoms just became the first condom that is fda approved for anal sex 
No. They just got their FDA approval. Oh, very first yeah. condom. So to get FDA approval as a condom, you have to have a 5% or less failure rate. And with anal sex, that... So all... Con- not all condoms, but a lot of condoms have an FDA approval rate for vaginal penetration. But the nature of anal penetration with... Um, there's no natural lubrication. There's more friction. So condoms break a little bit more frequently. And so they don't consistently enough pass that 5% test. Yeah. And so this condom now does. So one condoms has, um, it's a little bit gendered. It is called the one male condom, but Uh-oh. it doesn't need to be, but it is for folks with a penis. Um, and it is the first FDA approved condom for anal sex. I, that's amazing. That I, I just, I, that's awesome. Because I, I think about, you know, I don't like stuff on it. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I, congratulations. One congratulations. Condoms. One condoms. Yeah. That's amazing. So, okay, let's do, so here's, here's how we're going to do this episode. We are all going to learn some things together. I love it. Uh, so I asked one of our Tickle.life researchers to pull up some history of condom facts for us. And Bupesh, you beautiful overachiever, he has given me six pages on the history of condoms. We need to implement some sort of like kudos cards type of thing in Tickle Life because uh, he would definitely get one. Yeah, yeah. If there's so, so first kudos card in the history of Tickle Lot Life kudos cards is going to go to Bupesh. Thank you so much for doing this for us. Um, so it was a lot to read through and try to internalize, and it was so much fun. And I wanted to be reading it out loud to you guys while I was researching it. And so I thought, okay, we'll just do it together. So I'm just going to go down this list and pick some fun things. And then we're going to talk about them. All right. All right. So, okay. So the, um, okay. First, if you're, if you're listening to this episode and you're like, what the heck is a condom? Do me a favor, head to the tickle.life website and go to the back to basics video series. And there you'll find a video on condoms and we will link to it in the show notes. What is condoms? That video will tell you everything you know about what a condom is and how to use it. So we're going to bypass any of those questions for now unless they come up organically in the rest of this. All right. All right. So first known documentation of the condom was King Minos of Crete in 3000 BC. Wow. He was referenced in various manuscripts, including the famous Iliad by Homer. Minos, father of the Minotaur, was said to have serpents and scorpions in his semen. His mistresses died after having intercourse with him. So to protect himself and his partners, which included his wife, the bladder of a goat was introduced into the woman's vagina, which protected the woman from the disease. So this is an internal condom. Mm. I um, have often heard people describe as feeling like they have serpents and scorpions uh, in in their penis, was it? In the semen. In the semen. uh, But it was actually just like a kidney stone. (laughs) What? Yeah. Have you ever had a kidney stone? I have. It's, it's terrible, horrible. right? Yeah, but I mean, what's Does the scorpion in your dick feel like the right? Oh, it's worse than oh, it's almost worse than that because you get it in your back too. You feel everything. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm curious as to like, so did he really have some sort of? I'm. It's I don't know. Probably I don't, the allerg- allergies to his semen. I mean, they might have had. That's common, he might right? have. Yeah, semen allergy is a thing. But for all these women, for his mistresses to die after having intercourse with him, 
this sounds like a really beefed up ur- urban legend around this guy. But it's in the same sentence as he's the father of the Minotaur. So I'm going to say there's a little bit of um, urban mythology mixed happening. in. The Scorpion yeah. King, you know, The Rock did that. Thing, you know. uh, we we have been um, joined on the sidelines. May not make it in voice wise, but I'm getting a wave from Amy. So Amy, say hello. Hello, how are y'all? Um, so we're do- we're talking about the history of condoms. Yeah. So okay. So next fact: condoms are ancient, way ancient. Condoms are depicted in French cave paintings estimated to date back twelve to fifteen thousand years. And they are also in Egyptian hieroglyphics that date back 3,000 years. Who, who thought about that? I mean, who was sitting around going, I want to go ahead and do this, put this on my wiener? I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm wondering if it was solely to stop pregnancy because, like, germ theory wouldn't come along for many, many millennia. Yeah, it, it had to have been, this is how babies are made. We don't want babies to be made. Or maybe it was just, like, mess control. Or or maybe the guy was like, that looks like the size that I would need to just put it on. Just just curiosity, just sheer well, like, what like would fi- this feel like? Yeah, fifteen thousand years. Oh yeah, maybe it was just maybe it started out as like ribbed for everyone's pleasure. Maybe maybe that it was, was fun. Yeah, that that wasn't the the thing that came later. Yeah, that was the thing that came first. Because I know when I whenever I was a teenager, I was putting things in it and on it and all over it and i didn't know what i was doing okay so there was a little bit of in the later part of that timeline there was a little bit of like disease prevention happening so uh the ancient egyptians were one of the first civilizations to use sheets egyptians were known to have a very ritualistic culture that used symbols and calligraphy to denote objective and subjective communication for prevent For protection during intercourse, evidence from about 1,000 CE states that linen sheets were used specifically to prevent tropical diseases. Egyptian men used colored sheets to distinguish social status in their complex hierarchy. So tropical diseases like a mosquito net from malaria or something? Well, yeah, kind of. This this was, it's called Belarzia. Okay. And um, so I guess it was maybe sexually communicated. And so they use the sheets to protect. But okay, I want to just take a minute. Let's talk about colored sheets to distinguish social hierarchy. This is just the freaking hanky code for condoms. Oh, wow. Yeah. And if you're like, what the hell's the hanky code? Go back to our very first episode of this podcast where we talk all about the hanky code. But I swear, that's what this is. I'm just imagining like, and then and then what do you do? It says like, where is it to like distinguish in the hierarchy? So they just like walking around like dicks out with their like colored yeah, sheets, like, cool. like Donald ducking it. Like I have a very fancy tunic and like I'm swinging dong like with my colored. Because con- I know what they did. They like put lint, they put like this linen condom on and they would tie it on with a ribbon. Yeah. And that's how condoms were worn. And it was just worn over the, the head of the penis, right? Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. I don't have a picture here. I guess I could look. There's a link. Because well, Bukesh is I amazing. I in this Kama Sutra book. Is there anything like that in there? Well, that's... Yeah, that would be... There would be some stuff. Let's see. So this is somebody's dissertation. This is somebody's dissertation that we're reading. So there is no picture. So just so y'all know, we're going to put these links... Um, in here, every fact we talk about, we will uh, we'll put a transcript in for you guys. Okay. So, oh, so, okay. We talk about, again, it had to, like, oh, it had to have been pregnancy. Again, no. Public health issues. The Romans did not acknowledge the contraceptive perspective of the use of the bladders of animals. 
because it was animal bladders for a long time right. that condoms are made out of. But they took a keen interest in the effects on public health and the prevention of venereal diseases such as syphilis. So syphilis is like old. Right. And it probably became clear pretty quick that syphilis was a sex illness. Mm-hmm. And so it that was it was this was a syphilis thing. Like syphilis Expressing is what made yes. for condoms, at least condoms for public health issues were became mainstream thanks to syphilis. All right. Go syphilis. Mm-hmm. The condoms used in ancient Rome were made of linen and animal intestine or bladder. So the animals, sheep or goat intestine or bladder. Um, it's possible these muscle from dead muscle tissue from dead combatants, but no hard evidence for this exists. So like cadaver muscle. Ooh, that'd be weird. Yeah. I mean, would it be? Idle hands. Then all of a sudden your dick starts doing things. Now. <laughs> That's scary. Your dick's possessed by the soldier. The it's muscle already, came from. Exactly. I mean, it's possessed as it is when you're a teenager any damn way. God, can you imagine if you had like, can you imagine if you didn't know you're using like an animal skin condom and then you find out it's like human skin. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I would read the shit out of that zombie book, though. If that was like a zombie movie. I was going to say, this is the deleted scene from 300 that we all needed. Oh, yeah. I bet I bet it might be in that Glenn Danzig zombie book that oh, he did. Oh, yeah, maybe. Because oh, he's got my some goodness. real, real Somebody nasty stuff Somebody please write me the story where they find out their condoms are human skin and like the chaos that ensues from that practice. I, I've got to like read that story. Is that the Necrococnicon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> Title of the episode. Necrococnicon. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chinese civilization was far more developed in condom production. They used silk paper, which was lubricated with oil. Wow. Nice. Yeah. That sounds slick. It does sound slick. Silk yeah. paper. Silk, silk paper. O- oiled silk condoms. How did they put, I mean, how did they make the that's cylinder? A, that's a smooth experience right there. That is really smooth. Yeah. But how did you get it like a you can, you can You can weave in a tube. You can weave in a tube. You can weave a tube. Yeah. Well, you can weave in the hands. It's like silk paper, yeah. It's a lot of work. Okay, but wait. The Japanese used tortoiseshell or animal horns. So the exact opposite. They were banana pans. They called them kabutagata. Oh my the God. arrival of Dutch traders is when their condoms switched to leather. I so, find it odd. I really think it's odd that they, they did that because like, they used that, that same turtle shell in bone for basically everything, only for the rich people. Yes. So like... So what about the poor? What about the poverty? Did they have that? Probably to, not. No. no, they were probably they using keep having babies. Maybe, yeah, yeah, probably. So, um, uh, condoms made from leather were called kawagata or kiyotai, but kabu kabuta gata. Two words, kabuta gata, and that is an animal horn or tortoise shell condom. Can you imagine? Why would it occur to you? What would that feel like as a woman? You know what it feels like? It feels like a dildo. Like, honestly, I mean, think about it. And tortoise shell is very smooth. So he's essentially turned his penis into a live action dildo, which honestly, they were, it was probably kind of a disappointing switch. (laughs) <laughs> it could have been like a sleeve or, or something. Yeah, it yeah. was probably a sleeve. It was probably like a like a a C sleeve. I wonder if that's why all the, the their nose and all the masks seem to be more prominent. Yes, 
Well, wow. you know, you see, like, there's that one picture that's the, um, it's two women and they're having sex, but one of them's wearing the mask like a strap on. Have yeah. you seen this? Yeah. I love that one, too. Okay. That's more modern. That, that's more modern. We have uh, some, take on that. some Casanova facts here. Casanova. Giacomo Casanova. There's a painting of Casanova in which he blows into a condom in a brothel. I'm going to try to find it. Just like a party balloon? I think so. I, I think so. I'm going to try to find it. Make me a bicycle clown. Exactly. I'm going to show you guys this picture. It is exactly him blowing. Oh, I don't have a touch screen. It is. I just tried to touch screen my computer, y'all. You can see that. Casanova, the condom using man whore is the title of the article I just pulled up. Oh, yeah. He's blowing what? into a condom like it's a party balloon. And so it is considered the oldest art description of a condom. I would say, um, except for probably the hieroglyphics, right? If we were, if it's in hieroglyphics, that would be older. But is, is that, that art? Because it's communication. Is, yeah, or is that writing? Yeah. So I get, I get that. Okay, let me go back. That was awesome. That's awesome fact, Bupesh. That was really good fact. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. He was an advocate. Casanova was an advocate for condoms and he wrote about them in his famous biography. He used to blow up condoms in front of ladies to entertain them. And he was also doing it to check for holes in the condoms. Casanova, lover of safety. There you go. Thank Look you, Casanova. Checking for holes in the condoms. We do that now by checking, squeezing the package to see if there's air in it. You should always have the air bubble in your condom packet. Did Squeeze, not know that. Squeeze, Amy over here, you squeezing the package? That bubble, <laughs> that bubble that's in there. I like it. I used it was to good, pop Amy. those. So they're important. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so incidentally, did y'all hear about this this Florida guy that snorted all that stuff? No, what? I wish I could pull it up, but I can't. There's a Florida guy that got syphilis or got some STI for snorting um, frozen dried semen. Oh, Several, several, several grams of this, I guess. Okay. I mean, I don't even want to ask why he was snorting semen because that feels like a longer discussion. He broke into someone's house and got their semen. And why did they have semen? Well, why did, why did they it's have possible that semen? they had frozen right. semen because of fertility issues. Is that what they do? Well, no, not really. Like, but if you I don't are, think you keep it at home. No, right? if you're income restricted, you might be making okay. different choices about, like, you know what I mean. Maybe you think, maybe they were just confused about how the process works. I don't know. I'm making shit up. I can't think of any reason somebody would have frozen semen. Because there was there was like sixty grams or something like that that he did. Maybe uh, they're making face lot. cream. I don't, I don't know how much? Like how yeah, much is sixty grams? Need a, Amy needs a mic. How much is sixty grams? <laughs> popsicle. Like, is that is that a lot? I think 60 grams is a lot. It's a bit, yeah. It's not a small amount of semen. Okay. It's a... He snorted it all in one session. Like, that, I mean, it sounds like, wow. He's got some skill. I think any semen snorted is a lot of semen. I mean, that's like an eighth of a pound. This episode is brought to you by One Condoms and Measure a Penis Day. February 1st is Measure a Penis Day, but we celebrate all year long. The amazing folks at One Condoms have brought you my one. They understand how important condom fit really is to sexual pleasure and safety. My One Perfect Fit is 60 custom condom sizes so you can get the perfect fit for you. For more info and to get your measure kit, head to myonecondoms.com slash measure day now and celebrate Measure a Penis Day. All right, so let's skip down a little bit. Oh, okay, so this is our last fact under here and then we'll switch to the next one. 
French and English rivalry not hidden from the world, and condoms no exception. Hmm. The French associate the condom with the English, calling it the Rednegot Anglais. I said that horribly. I cannot speak French or English raincoat. The English call the condom a French letter because during World War II and World, World War I and World War II, condoms are packed in small paper envelopes. Since a lot of French soldiers fought in a sexually more liberal France, the name French letter was coined because oh, it looked like a little wow. letter, yeah. like a little love letter. That's cute. That's fun. Oh my God. I wish I could make little condom envelopes for my events next week yeah next week is sex week at unf i am doing five oh. events next week i saw where james is going to that too i am doing two you never ask me. uh it's online oh, no, so just... you can come uh it is i'm doing well no my sex week events are not online my not. other ones are no my sex week events are live if you want to come yeah. i'm doing two tabling events i'm doing a tinder i'm hosting a tinder live event like tinder dating like live event i'm hosting a pleasure and sex ed event and i'm doing a event on um with with the art gallery we're doing an event where we're having people um do art projects so which gallery the unf art gallery the university art gallery unf oh my god they got a great art program i love it out there yeah so be awesome um okay so lambskin condoms are also referred to as natural skin condoms the correct name for this type of condom is natural membrane condom the word lambskin is misleading because these condoms aren't actually made from lambskin i actually don't know that they're, they're made from lamb cecum, which is the pouch located at the beginning of a lamb's large intestine condoms made from the bladders and intestines of lambs and other animals have been around for thousands of years semen in the cecum gabrielle fallopio in the book de morbo gallico literally the french disease uh, describes really? a Did sheath of linen used for protection against syphilis the sheath which covered the penis was fastened with a ribbon and was lubricated with saliva he did experiments on 1100 men to show that the sheath protected them from contracting the disease none of the 1100 men got syphilis those results are so good they seem fake It'd be hard pressed to get like a modern latex company get those results yeah. Or I guess against syphilis and specifically maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say an eleven hundred men is not, it's a, not a small sample size, but we don't know anything else about the conditions to be yeah. able to fully discuss the scientific value of that study. But he put his sheets on eleven hundred men and none of them got syphilis. I don't know. Did they have awesome. sex one time? Were they all having sex with the same woman? If she doesn't have syphilis and none of them do, then they're not going to get it. You know, I don't know. God, what a busy lady. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, during the English Civil War, the forces of King Charles I contracted syphilis from uh, sex workers. Condoms of fish, cattle, and sheep intestines were deployed. Uh, so syphilis was a common cause of soldier fatality in the English Civil War because the soldiers were traveling and sleeping with um, sex workers and getting, getting the, the syphilis. Syphilis is nasty. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you really, can die. It, There's a king that died, I think, from syphilis. Probably more than one. All right, King Charles II became troubled by the number of Ill illegitimate children belonging to or associated with him. <laughs> <laughs> these fucking rumors about these damn kids. To stop these illegitimate conceptions, his doctor prescribed a condom. 
<laughs> the doctor, known as Colonel Condom, prescribed <laughs> this with prior knowledge as sheets were used to prevent venereal disease. So remember, this was before we were acknowledging condoms as birth control. Yeah. And the doctor said, listen, I know it's going to work to present, prevent against STDs, so we're going to prevent against baby making the same way. And turns out Colonel Condom was correct. That's amazing. My alliteration, I know. I feel like that's um, like a, a Halloween out, uh, costume for you. And Colonel there. Condom. Oh my God. Can we please make that happen this year? I'm going to go as Colonel Condom. It'll be fantastic. If anybody wants to help me design my Colonel Condom costume, uh, mad props. Okay. So I've got a story here, but it starts with the phrase most authorities have rejected this story. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to hear it? The best yeah. stories. Okay. The word condom, okay, so so we don't know if this is even true. The word condom first appeared in print in 1706 in a poem by Lord Belhaven and then in a book by Daniel Turner in 1717. Ferdy in 1904 proposed a French village of the condom as the source of the word. But a year later, he suggested that the Latin word condus was the origin. Richter in 1911 proposed a Persian kendu or kondu as the source of the word, which means a long storage vessel made from animal intestine. So we don't actually know where the word comes from, but a bunch of people try to make claims on it. But it looks like Lord Belhaven is our is the winner. Our winner. It's like Leibniz and Newton. William Crock at the University of North Carolina did some research for the American Dialect Society. And in 1981, he concluded the origin of the word is unknown and definitely not derived from Latin. For the sake of completeness of his research, he included the suggestion of a Playboy magazine in 1972 in Chicago, Conundrum, a Riddle Difficult to Put On. By the 18th century, the condom preservation machine or armor as it was variously described had achieved some popularity for its contraceptive as well as prophylactic fun functions the boys have gone so quiet because they're in tattoo land the dick spray does not work as well as tack the dick spray by itself by itself yeah <laughs> did you only put dick spray in your elbow ditch yeah you dumb dumb so we don't know the true etymological history of no, condom. No, but the mainstream popularity of the word condom was also popular or was also responsible for it just becoming more popular to be used. So right. we had something to call it. It sounds official. Doctors are prescribing it. So now we're using it. And brothels started selling them to customers before the um, sex workers had relations with customers. So, and when was that? In the 18th century. All right. Condoms in the 18th century commonly underwent the administration of sulfur or lye to help smooth the sheath of the intestine. In the late 18th century, condoms started to be sold wholesale. And in the 19th century, linen condoms came to an end because they were less comfortable than the animal sheaths. So that's why they were just less comfortable because 1100 men no syphilis but nobody wants to wrap their dick in a pillowcase before they have sex right. can you imagine the bitching like men already bitch so much about wearing a condom can you even imagine if condoms were made of like t-shirts <laughs> just linen put a bash. sock on first and then go for a ride <laughs> jeez elise can't even condoms <laughs> the fucking u.s <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, let me go back to our other fact. In the 19th century, linen condoms came to an end. We said this also prior to the 19th century. 
uh, lower classes, people were not even acquainted with the knowledge of venereal disease. So you were talking uh, about what about poor people? A lot of poor people didn't even know what an STD was. They existed. Yeah, they because you're talking about germ theory. So being healthy was a matter of privilege. It still is, honestly, sure, for sure. Okay, so the U.S. I laughed because America's gonna America. Condoms were illegal in the U.S. for almost a hundred years. Really? The con the Comstock laws of 1873 outlawed birth control, effectively making condoms and porn illicit material. And I knew that because the the so Sex Week. Two years ago, three years ago, this will be the third one, three sex weeks ago, I did the keynote for that sex week and my talk was Sex Ed Speakeasy and I talked about the history of sex education and we talked about the Comstock laws and that's actually what inspired the creation of this podcast. So there's a little fun fact for folks who are still listening at this point. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the Comstock laws outlawed birth control. Although restrictions on rubbers were eventually relaxed in most districts, the Comstock laws stayed on books on the books in certain states for nearly a century and were still hitting the Supreme Court in 1960 fucking five. Wow. wow. And now they have FDA approval for anal sex. For butt stuff. Woo-hoo. Oh, that's a good thing. Well, you know, there's no federal mandate like sex education is not a priority in the country. So why would public health have been? It is not, there's no federal mandate saying that sex ed has to be taught in the U S there's no federal regulations on what sex ed has to look like. And only in only 18 States is it even required for sex ed to be medically accurate. Yeah. You should see the face Amy just made. It was amazing. It's the same face everybody just made in their car that hasn't heard that fact. Yeah. So this doesn't surprise me. That's why I laughed. America's going to America. Jeez, I bet Bupesh hit the floor when you read that. <laughs> All right, so this is how condoms change shape from where they started as animal bladder and okay. became latex. So how are we so far? Are we all caught up? What are we? Because I'm like rattling facts off over when, here. When they were the the made out of the intestines and everything, they were still the same shape, right? Yeah, I meant like the oh, the material. material. Oh, okay. Yes, sorry. Oh, I was just trying to imagine throw me if they, off. If no, yeah, exactly. No, um, I was trying to imagine what kind of fun shape they might have been when, like balloon animals. Well, did you see the picture we had of Casanova blowing up balloon animals at the brothel? Can somebody please get me a print of that for my house? I would really like a print of Casanova blowing up balloon animals to hang on my wall. So just consider that a formal request, dear listeners. <laughs> I didn't know that existed and now I need it. <laughs> How's that stuff working? Did it help at all? You're such a champ that that's not, not hurting really. you. Oh, it, it hurts. Yeah. It's puffy, puffy. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about transformation of condoms from a piece of butter to latex. During the, oh, we are back to our favorite period of time, the Industrial Revolution. Nice. Nice. So again, a callback to a past episode. You want to hear some fun facts about the Industrial Revolution, said nobody ever. There's a whole episode on dating and the Industrial Revolution. You're welcome. All right. Yes, we did a whole episode on how the Industrial Revolution completely revolutionized dating. See what I did there? You're welcome. All right. During the Industrial Revolution, Charles Goodyear, the American inventor, significantly changed the face of the condom with the advent of rubber vulcanization. This is the process where sulfur and natural rubber are heated 
to form a more malleable and durable material with higher elasticity and tensile strength. So thanks Goodyear for condoms. Condoms and Nikes. Condoms and Nikes. Charles Goodyear. Skin condoms that were made from intestines or bladder provided more comfort, but became outdated at the end of the 19th century. That's because, I don't know, I don't know if this is why they became outdated, but the reason we don't use them, even though they do, they people do say that they can be a little more comfortable, is that they provide decent protection against pregnancy, but not against some STIs because bacteria is much smaller than sperm. And so, and they're, they are a little bit porous because animal skin is porous Uh, or animal like material matter is porous. Yeah. You can still buy lambskin condoms, condoms. but um, they're required to write on the packaging that they may not be effective in protecting against all STIs. Yeah. So they're just not as, is a lambskin condom better than no condom? Yes, Absolutely. But is it as good as a condom made from something else? I guess unless it's like a pillowcase. (laughs) All right. Unless it's held on with a ribbon and (laughs) lubed with saliva. 1865, so the end of the Civil War. Sexual education was more widespread because we needed to increase awareness amongst lower working class in America. So we did see more sex education in that time, but again, it was all very abstinence based. It's all, and it still is very public health based. Don't have sex till you're married. If you're married and you're having sex, this is how you keep from it's, it was about sex education was created to combat venereal disease. So it's always been like curriculum for sex education in the U S has always been very focused on public health outcomes, Mm -hmm. which is why it is so, so hard to get any kind of support for pleasure-based sex education or for identity-based education. That's why there's so much pushback. Um, you know, tomorrow, one of the things we're going to talk about on your show, Omar. So Omar is one of the hosts of the show. Check the box. That's box with three X's. Check the box. You guys should check that out. Um, and I'm going to be on his show tomorrow to talk about Florida just passed what they called the don't say gay bill or there it's in rounds right now. And, um, we'll talk about that tomorrow. So I'm not going to talk about it now. If you want to hear it, you'll have to listen to Omar's show. So go look up, check the box. I think Twitter is a good place to find them or youtube our show all of us yes so i'll be i'll be there with them tomorrow okay so here we go during the world during world war ii along with ammunition germany deployed condoms wow america didn't the german army sent condoms out with their soldiers americans did not and that created mass amounts of american soldiers with syphilis Julius Fromm, a German inventor, invented the cement dipping method for condoms, creating them to be thinner with no visible lines. Cement? It's called cement dipping method. I guess it's like how they're created. I got to look that up. Bupesh is, uh, he puts his, it's so great. Uh, He's got his name next to different facts that he um, added like notes to. So um, Germany saw their first brand of condom called Fromm's Act. I'm going to look up cement dipping method for condoms. Give me a second. Oh, like hydro dipping. Oh. Yeah. Cement dipping is like hydro dipping. And I guess hydro dipping is a great way to make condoms. Hydro. So, so you just have like the penis mold and you yeah. dip it into like liquid 
latex. In 1912, a new technique for making condoms um, was developed in Germany. It was called cement dipping. Glass molds were dipped into a solution of rubber, which had been made liquid by the addition of gasoline or benzene. The resulting product would then be smoothed by rubbing and trimming. Okay. All right. You mix latex with gas and it stays liquid. And I guess the gas just evaporates. After World War II, condom sales continued to grow. From 1955 to 1965, 42% of Americans relied... I'm sorry. 42% of Americans of a reproductive age relied on condoms for birth control. And in Britain, between 1950 and 1960, 60% of married couples used condoms. It's so... 60%? Mm-hmm. And then in the 60s... Um, in a lot of in, in a lot of the parts of the UK, especially, they got birth control pills, and that was a big difference. That that shifted the condom use um, pretty dramatically. But I, it's I've been watching a lot of um, Call the Midwife, and I get to watch a lot of the history of uh, pregnancy and pregnancy prevention and pregnancy medicine and like condom use and that kind of thing, um, and and the huge difference it made in having access to the pill, especially for low income folks. What did the church think about that stuff though? Well, so that came up in call the midwife that came up. So call the midwife is about um, a group of midwives who do community based midwifery. So they don't work out of a hospital. They go into people's homes and half of the, the home they like all it's all these midwives that live together in this house called Nanata's house. And the house is owned by nuns of the order of St. Raymond and Nanata, St. Raymond and Nanatas. And so there it's this group of non-Catholic nuns, which I also did not know was a thing. Really? It's this group of nuns that are midwives and they're nurses and midwives that's their first thing. And then they happen to also be nuns and then they hire secular nurses and midwives to also come live there and do the work with them. So half the house is nuns and half the house is non nuns. Uh, they dress up like that. Uh, no, they all no, They dress like nurses and the nuns just like nuns. But when the birth control pill comes out, it's a big deal because the nuns are not sure how to handle it. They're, they're like, listen, this really, what they were worried about was that it would, it would seem like they were approving premarital sex. Mm-hmm. And the mid- the other midwives and the doctor were like, listen, we already know this is happening. And the other thing we get to watch on the show is a lot of back alley abortions. Like they get called onto the scene a lot to deal with abortions gone wrong because the women are sick and the midwives are who you call when that happens because they're also nurses. And they're like, listen, we've been talking about how horrible the abortion thing is here. Abortion was not legal in England at the time unless there was a medically necessary reason. And so, and you could get, you know, it was criminal. What's medically necessary? Medically necessary would be like if the life of the mother I was mean, at that's stake. an example. Like what would be medically necessary? Like if, like if the life of the mother was at stake. Okay. Like if yeah. it was, if, if oh, the yeah. pregnancy was going to be dangerous to the mother or if the baby oh. looked, if, if, if it wasn't a viable pregnancy, stuff like that. So but just, I, but just for pregnancy where the woman was not want, ready to have a baby or was having a hard pregnancy or lots of reasons that women get abortions, they, they would go just do like, they would just go see some woman who would do an abortion with like dirty knitting equipment and then they would get these horrible infections. Yeah, it was terrible. And so, so there, so the nurses and the midwife, the, the nurses and the doctor were like, listen, we're seeing these horrible cases. We've had women in our home who have died because of watching this happen. Like the birth control pill will 
it's one way to reduce this, you know, cause they've all been talking about how hopeless they feel. And we watch, we get to watch the nuns come around and we can see that they have this internal conflict and we can see that they have this crisis of faith, but ultimately they decide that their job is to take care of these patients and their babies and their families. Mm-hmm. And that this is part of doing that. And that it's really not about their personal beliefs. Oh, it's about that. being there and take this good healthcare. And it's a really, cool and i don't think the catholic church felt the same way but i know that this watching these people kind of go through their crisis of faith and decide that their beliefs don't belong to other people you know Mm -hmm. and that they can't make rules for other people based on that it was pretty neat so if you want a great show call the midwife it's just a freaking fantastic show and little spoiler for our next episode i also got super fascinated with the um the phenomenon of thalidomide babies so thalidomide was a drug that they gave for like an anti-nausea medication but it caused these massive like epidemic level birth defects and so it was discontinued and so now the uh, the babies that were born from the mass prescribing of thalidomide, um, the babies that were born out of that era that all had the birth defects are called thalidomide babies. And so we're going to talk about thalidomide babies in the next episode. But they're um, probably all in like their 60s and 70s now if they're yeah, still alive. Right? Yeah, the ones that survived. Mm-hmm. All right. So latex was invented in the 1920s. There's our speakeasy. Latex is formed when rubber is dispersed in water. Latex was the revelation that transformed condoms into what they are today. Very high tensile strength and can be stretched up to eight times before they fail. In 1939, the FDA categorized condoms as a drug and it had to meet new requirements. When they started doing that, they found 75% of condoms at the time were not safe. And they had to make industry change the techniques and adopt new ideas to help make condoms reliable the way they are today. With the discovery of HIV and AIDS, condom popularity erupted as both a contraceptive and a use against sexually transmitted diseases. Does it work against AIDS? Yes, it does uh, work against in preventing the contraction of AIDS. AIDS yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Condoms yeah. are um, highly, highly, highly perfective, effective prophylactics. Highly effective prophylactics. Say that 10 times real fast. No. Say it twice. <laughs> highly effective prophylactic. Highly effective prophylactic. You got you were yeah. stumbling there on that last, but A you made bit. it. Yeah. You made it home. Latex changed the face of the condom industry. It replaces the thick rubber condoms with almost thin human hair. So actually, uh, vanish condoms by one are thinner than a human hair. Wow. Is it vanish or ultra sensitive? One of the one condoms. Shoot. We just wrote about this. I'm going to look it up so I can get it right. It's all all of their latex. The sheer ultra soft latex is less the thickness than less than thickness of a human hair. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. And strong enough for butt stuff. And strong. Well, yes. I don't don't know know if if the male ones are. Yeah. Yeah. Sagami rubber industries from Japan produced the world's thinnest condom in 2014. It is 0.01. What thick? It literally just says 0.01 thick. That's not Bupesh's fault. I don't know. <laughs> Five to ten percent of the world's population engages in anal sex. That's a, that's a small number. A number of studies conducted over the... I bet it's way more than that. Five to ten percent of the world's population. 
Uh, I bet it's way more than that. A number of studies conducted over the past quarter century found that people who reported consistent condom use reduced their risk of HIV transmission during anal sex by 70 to 87%. And we know that one condom has FDA approval for anal sex. What in the butt? In the butt. <laughs> You're welcome. I used to have this... Um, I used to have so when I first got into sex ed, I got into excess selling sex toys, and we um, one of our sex toys was this uh, little light up like butt plug thing, and they called it the bum diggity. And so now when I think of I can get you one, it's like this little it's like this little butt plug, but the end of it lights up. And so my my one of my colleagues used to make this joke that like oh if you lose it up there, you just kind of waddle your way to the bathroom. And she would sing like I like the way you work it. Like <laughs> gonna bag it up. <laughs> More than twenty billion condoms are used every year. Where do they go? Hopefully not flushed on the toilet. Yes, we do not flush condoms on the toilet. We throw them away in garbage cans because it is bad for your plumbing to flush them. And fun little extra bonus fact, the 13th of February is International Condom Day because what better way to be reminded to be safe with your Valentine? Oh. So 13th of Condom, International Condom Day, February 1st. Measure a penis day. So we're going to have that conversation. I thought you were going to say we were going to have a measure contest We could do measurements. I do have measuring kits. You do? I do. I have uh, like, I don't know, like a hundred bajillion of them. Um, it's like a special ruler, but you can also get them online. So if you go to myonecondoms.com, you can download a fit kit and a fit kit is a special ruler to measure your penis. You want to measure an erect penis. Uh, condom fit is really, really, really important. So there's a bunch of ways to tell if your condom doesn't fit. If your condom is like bunches up, if your condom doesn't roll on on the way, if it moves, right? if it shifts around while you're using it. If the reservoir tip doesn't have the little, it doesn't stay in like a reservoir tip. If it sags off over the end, like if it hangs over the end. Yeah. Um, if it causes like foreskin drag, like for uncircumcised folks, if it, it can um, like be too, oh. too tight and cause foreskin, foreskin drag. Um, so if you, if you go to, um, uh, I'll put a link. We have a great video on condom fit. And so that will, um, and I'll link to the one condoms article on condom fit. And uh, you can look at all the reasons that condom, all the ways you can tell if your condom doesn't fit you. But basically, if you're putting your condom on and it doesn't feel good to your body, there's a chance it doesn't fit properly. And condom fit is really important. It will keep the condom lasting longer. It will make your experience more pleasurable. If you're one of these people that says, I don't like wearing condoms for sex because it doesn't feel good. Let's try your fit. One condoms has 60 custom sizes. What? 60 sizes so you measure and then you go on the their website and you put your size in and they send you the size that you asked for plus a size up and a size down just in case there was any error then you try on the sizes that they sent you and you can order your perfect custom size and you can keep trying new samples until you find the exact right size for you so it costs it costs two dollars to get the sample sent to you and then they send you a coupon to reimburse you for that two dollars so you can keep doing this back and forth until you're finally ready to order so it actually doesn't cost you anything to get your samples they are fantastic. Yeah, I tried to chew the flavor ones before. Try to chew they're them like not, gum. They're not candy. They're not. I know. 
Like a dental dam? <laughs> I've never used it. I'd like to know how that works. I've never yeah, used a that. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like just a like a sheet wrap. of, it's like a sheet. Yeah. Saran wrap works actually. You can use saran wrap as a dental dam, but you just put the saran wrap or the latex or the nitrile or whatever it is on the skin and then your mouth is on the latex. So I tell people like use some uh, chocolate syrup with it or some whipped cream or like flavored lube and so on the mouth on side. The, on the yeah, mouth yeah. side. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Steve. Thank you. Thank Good you. Call. Yes. So but the idea is that the dental dam is protection the way a condom would be between your skin and the skin of the person that you're doing oral on. Yeah. I've never seen so. one. You never seen one? No. Do we have any condoms here? Because I can I can make one out of a condom. I can make a dental dam out of a condom. Really? Yeah, I can show you how to do that. So. Well, so it just lays over the clitoris and the opening. It's just like just yeah, you just put it wherever your mouth is gonna be. So uh, yeah, you just put it wherever your mouth is gonna be. You cut it, and then well, for a condom, you cut the condom like. A condom comes out of the package like a ring. Uh -huh. You don't unroll it. You take a pair of scissors and you cut all the way through the ring just on one side. So you don't go like all the way through. You just do like, so now you have like a moon shape. And then you unroll that all the way and now you have a square sheet. And wow. that is now your dental dam. It's a great use for the flavored condoms. So I do. But they don't flavor. They're not flavored. The flavored condoms are the the one condom flavor condoms are there. My favorite is banana and mint. The banana Does it ones. Are, like banana? It does. It tastes uh, like banana. It tastes like a banana laffy taffy. I'm gonna try one. Yeah, I Not like them. Not candy. Okay, I am gonna tell the story. It's the second time you said it. So my this is how my kid learned about condoms. So sex week a bunch of years ago, one condom sent me flavored condoms to give away, and so we were doing marketing for sex week on Valentine's Day. So I turned them into like condom lollipops. And so I put them on like a little lollipop stick and wrapped them up. They're very cute. And Steve made me this styrofoam cake like display. So I had this big cake of condom lollipops. And I had been making it at night after the kids went to bed, not because I was like hiding it from the kids, but just because like that's the only time I have any freaking sanity. Yes. And so they were, well, they're just in my shit, you know, they're all up in my face. And so the next morning I'm like carrying this giant cake of lollipops out. And my then like six year old is like, I want one. And I was like, nah, you can't, it's not candy. And they were sure they were getting bamboozled. And they're like, nah, it, it is. And I was like, no, it's not candy. And then they're like, well, then what is it? And I was like, I'm pretty committed to honesty. So like, it's a condom. And I just leave it. And, and they were like, mm, what's a condom? And I was like, well, sometimes when adults have sex, if one of them is like sick and doesn't want to get the other one sick, or if they don't want to make a baby, you can use a condom to like help. And my kid was like, mm, how do you use it? And I said, well, you, the person with the penis puts it on and then it protects the person that their penis might be touching. Like I'm, it's a six year old. So I'm trying to figure out like, how do I do this? Like they understand what sex is, but that's it. They, they just understand the mechanics because they've seen animal planet, you know? And so <laughs> not, well, it's, I think they were older than six. It was like first or second grade. So maybe like seven or eight. Yeah. They were, they were young. And um, so anyway, I was like, okay, so they do the, um, they go, oh, so you don't eat it? And I said, no, you don't eat it. And they're like, it doesn't go in your mouth. I said, it's not candy. That's all they cared about. They didn't care what a condom was. They weren't, they were just like, why do you have lollipops? I can't have. So then I had to give my child condoms or not condoms, like candy. I had to go find candy. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. <laughs> just 
leave it. I had to give my child candy. It's like, yeah, it was like eight in the morning. We're headed to school and my kids got a dum-dum and I'm like, I'm a dum-dum. You get a dum-dum. <laughs> so. No, that was uh, five years ago because it was right before the first sex week. So five just years ago would have made them seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. So what do we think of our history of condoms? I think it's awesome. I just wish I knew how the, the first person that did it was like, I just want to put something I on I don't want to go back in time and see like how it occurred to the, what am I going to do here? <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. One condoms for being an awesome sponsor. And, uh, for more of sex ed speakeasy or our many other amazing shows, head to tickle.life slash podcasts for more from Omar. Check Hello. out, check the box or Omar. Do you get, you have a website, right? Uh, yes, we have the check the box website and then we have, what is it? Do you know the URL? Yeah, it's uh www check the box three X's.com. Okay. And then what about you? Uh, How do people find you Omar? Uh, Safi tattoos uh, on Instagram, Safi tattoos on Facebook. Uh, and it's S A F I. Yeah. S A F I. And then if you want to go to Honorable Oni, that's my website, Honorable Oni Tattoo and Art Gallery. So. Well, we will link to all of Omar's awesome stuff. And Omar, we're going to have to do a special episode where we talk about tentacle porn and where we talk about uh, Please, Japanese yeah. erotica and my back piece. Uh, I would love to talk about that back piece. So we will have Omar yeah. on again. We'll plan it for March. And we'll have Omar back and we will talk about... I'll go shirtless. My back piece. It'll be awesome. You'll be shirtless. Not your back piece. <laughs> it was body positive. Yeah. We'll just all go shirtless. It'll be the topless episode and people will have to take our word for it. We'll just like a group. We'll do it in the pool. We'll record and we'll like in hang out by the pool and we'll just... We Steve's looking at pool. me like we don't have the tech for that. We'll, we'll, we'll use Omar's uh, the gear. Let's use James's. He's got the job. Okay. James's gear. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's this episode of Sex Ed Speakeasy. Thanks y'all for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Can I play that music?